Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again this week. And as always, I love being able to be on this journey with you, being able to talk to you every week about the journey that you are on with your daughters. And, you know, for me, it is a journey because every step of your life, every step of your daughter's lives, you're going to be learning, you're going to be growing. Your daughters are going to be doing the same. And you have to be willing to understand that it's not always going to be easy. There's going to be high times, low times, and everything in between. And it's important to be able to understand that. It's important to be able to connect with others that can provide you resources, provide you information to be able to help you to be able to be the best dad that you can be. Because of that, every week, I love bringing you guests, guests that can help to open your mind, to make you think about things in a little bit different way, to make you maybe reconsider things as well. And this week, we've got another great guest with us. Darby Fox is with us. And Darby is a child and adolescent family therapist in private practice in Connecticut and New York. And she has over 20 years of experience working on an expert in parenting and child psychology, family topics, and and is regularly on air and in print media. She is really out there talking about parenting. And especially these days, she's talking a lot about teenagers and talking about teens. She has a brand new book coming out called Rethinking Your Teenager. So I'm really excited to be able to talk to her about not only her new book, but we're going to be talking about teens. And teenage years can sometimes be a a little bit challenging sometimes, but it doesn't always have to be. So that's why we're going to be talking about that and seeing what we can do to be able to rethink our teenagers. And I love the subtitle of this, which is Shifting Your Control and Conflict to Structure and Nurture to Raise Accountable Young Adults. So we're going to be talking to Darby about that and more. Darby, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I love being able to talk to new people every week. And, and this topic is is definitely one that I am living right now with two teenagers in my own house. I have a 18 and a half year old, a 15 year old. So I'm in the thick of it. And I have to say there's sometimes some challenges there in regards to that. And sometimes I, I will be honest and say teenagers sometimes get a bad rap as well. People always say, oh, beware of the teenage years. And sometimes they can be challenging, but they don't always have to be, right? I agree with that. I love working with adolescents because I do think they pretty much get a bad rap. They certainly can be difficult at times, but given their task of trying to get ready to be able to be on their own, we want them to be a little bit challenging and trying to figure things out on their own. So (laughs) I agree, but I think it's good. I love working with adolescents. So Let's talk a little bit about those adolescent years. And so many times, I know in my own daughter's lives, there are things that I say or things that I do that just set them over the top. They get upset. And it's sometimes hard. It's sometimes hard to turn that around and to be able to get back on a positive path. When you talk to parents about that, are there things in which you say to them that can help them to be able to turn the tide? Yes. Usually I like to explain to parents, often they're right. Their impression, their message is correct, but frequently it's the delivery that is a problem, especially for adolescents, because in those years, we have to remember that neurologically, 
Their brain is growing, developing fast. It's pruning. They are trying to figure out how to do things on their own. And when we as parents or adults just come right in and take that process, figuring it out away from them by controlling them or telling them what they did wrong or what they need to do, there's an automatic resistance that goes up. And that is something that we can say is kind of consistent through the times, right? We've seen this is what we expect of adolescents. And I think that's where they do get the bad rap. And I think what I suggest is I ask parents to give, what is it that you'd like them to know? And then we think about one, I ask them, well, if you were that age, how would you have heard it from your parents? Or did your parents tell you what to do? Most often the answer is yes. They told me unequivocally what to do. And I didn't really listen, but eventually they were right. And so what we want to do with that is turn it around a little bit and ask your kids if it's a conflict. Well, what do you think? I don't love what you're saying. I'm not really on board with that, but tell me what you're thinking. Tell me why are you going this direction or what is it that you want? Really important questions to ask because then suddenly they think they're being heard. Biggest problem with adolescents and parent conflict is adolescents will say, they don't understand me and they don't hear me. So when you have that type of situation where your child is shutting down because they don't feel like you're hearing them, you're listening to them, what are some things that you can do to be able to, I keep saying get back on the right path, but really it is. It's getting back on the right path with your child. Is it mainly to just really shut your mouth and listen? Or is it is there something else that we should be doing as parents to be able to show them that we're invested in them in that regard? Yes, a little bit. We need to be quiet and listen to them. We need to be better listeners. And I think sometimes what we do is we say, okay, tell me what you think, but we actually aren't listening. We are actually just getting them to get it out. And then we're really quickly back on our own agenda. So I challenge parents to listen to what is their actual message. Then I think what you need to say are two questions that are usually pretty helpful is, what am I missing? Help me here. You and I are not on the same page. What am I not understanding? Which is very different than just butting heads, correct? So it's like, what what don't I understand about your dilemma? Or how can I help you? And it is okay to say, I don't love what you want to do. Maybe it's going to a certain party or staying up until 2 or 3 a.m. on their phone and not really studying and struggling to get to school the next day, whatever it may be, that piece that you disagree with. It's okay for you to say it. I This is why I don't love you doing that. But tell me, what's your perspective? What am I missing? And that does all of a sudden, they're like, oh, well, okay. They're willing to listen. And that goes a long way. So you're almost following those clues to identify and try to figure out like you said, what they're saying, because I know I've been guilty of it, where you hear one thing and you automatically think you know what they're saying, and it really is not what they're saying. Or there's context under the surface that is making them react the way they are. And the problem that I sometimes run into, and I think a lot of parents sometimes run into, is the fact that the way that sometimes your child talks to you in your mind turns on this almost animal brain in your parent brain 
that makes you feel like you're completely being disrespected when it comes to the way that your child is, is talking to you. So how do we deal with that individually as parents, as fathers, as our animal brains are clicking in and we're saying, what the heck? How could you be talking? way. I would never have talked to my parents that way. So I think when you get that click and you start to feel the animal brain coming in, what I love for parents of adolescents to do is keep that tactic that maybe you did when they were little, maybe you didn't, but there's always that timeout, right? So it's very effective for parents to take a timeout. When you're starting to get triggered, that animal brain is like, what? Why are you talking to me that way? As the emotions go up, nothing good's going to come out of that on either side. And typically things start getting said that really we don't need to go back to. They're only destructive. So when you start to feel the escalation within yourself, I think it's fair to say, you know what? I don't love the way you're talking to me. We're going to take a minute. We'll get back to this. We always are in a rush to resolve something right away. And sometimes with that, we use more muscle or control. And that really isn't very effective. You stay in your power as the parent. You say, you know what? I understand we, you feel strongly and we disagree. However, I don't love the way you're speaking to me and get to speak to adults or particularly your mom or dad this way. So we're going to just put this on hold until we can do it in a more civil way. Really important because it helps everybody regulate. Yeah, I can't see that because there are definitely times where I think every parent has had to or had that feeling that they they need to walk away. And hopefully they do at that point and it, it, they don't explode or they don't have some other reaction that, again, hurts the relationship in all. Now, for parents, for fathers that may be hearing this and saying to themselves, whoa, you know, I am definitely on one whole side of this and I'm not, and it's not the right side of my mind. I need to move in a different direction. And there's been many years of this. How do you start to heal? And how do you start to work with your teens to show them that you're trying to change yourself for the better that would also ultimately impact them if they're willing to receive it? So that's a great question. I think when some of that damage has been done, it's really important and to build what our goal is as parents overall is really to build a relationship. Sometimes we think it's to tell them what to do and, you know, facilitate them with rides and food, but it's, it's a little more complicated than that. And so if we're trying to build a relationship, what we need to do is be somewhat vulnerable. And I think particularly when you have a dad and a daughter relationship, that is kind of going astray, there's an, an assumption that my dad doesn't respect me or understand me. He doesn't think I'm smart enough or good enough, something enough. There's some lack of enough there. So as a dad, it's okay for you to say, listen, I love you to death. I'm not always going to say yes. But again, tell me, I've never parented a 15-year-old girl before like you. Or I've never had to deal with this. We didn't have social media and cell phone. Whatever it is, if parents can just explain a little bit where they're coming from in a rational way, then we can connect. We can't connect as humans when we've escalated emotionally. So I think that's really important to say is, look, you know, I, I can be, maybe I've missed the mark. I'm not saying I'm 
perfect or I totally understand. So let's discuss this instead of make it a battle of you're right, I'm wrong. I love that because sometimes it is a battle and sometimes you do feel like you're constantly at odds, whether you're a father to a daughter, a mother to a daughter, there is a different dynamic, especially in those different parenting dynamics as well. So as you're helping your teenagers to be able to learn, to grow, to be prepared for life after, let's say, high school, as they are grown and flown outside of the house, they move on to the next phase of their life. There's definitely tools that as parents, we're trying to teach them. And we're trying to help them to be able to aid them in many different ways. Are there specific tools that you work with parents on to help them to make those smart decisions instead of, as you said, taking the stance of we're going to control what you're doing, we're going to make those decisions for you? I think the tools that I would like for parents to, it's not even a tool, but just the notion of, okay, what is it that I'd like to see here? And whose agenda is this? Is this my desire or is this really genuinely something, you know, a more principled feeling about what I would like my daughter to achieve, right? Or my, for today we're talking about daughters, but my son, for my child, whose agenda is this? And then say to yourself, okay, where can I let them know I'm on board with something different? Frequently, as parents, we sort of lose the track when we get locked in to thinking our way is the only way. And it's very hard. Often we're right. But what I want us to remember, the, one of the biggest things that I would love people to take away, if nothing else, is children, adolescents build their intelligence on experience. And as they get older, they do bring in knowledge and literature and all those pieces. But by and large, how we conduct ourselves is based on what we've experienced. So if parents remember that, then what your job is, is really to give them an experience that is different than what is the conflictual piece. What we try too often to do is say, I know better. And that doesn't mean anything. There's no touch point there for them. And that's when we lose them. Sometimes so hard for parents because we've lived an experience in our own light and we have lived and learned along the way. And we have a lot of things to share with our children, but sometimes they don't want to listen and they don't want to hear what you're trying to say as well. Are there things that we can do to be able to, from an early age, open up dialogues that will prepare not only parent for those teenage years, but the child for the teenage years to, to build that type of open relationship so that both parent and child can listen better to one another and truly hear what each other are saying? I think the key is in starting in the early years. I think the forward of my book, I really talk about that, although the meat of it is really about teenage years. I think there's merit in reading the forward about what we're trying to do. And I think, again, if we go back to that notion of we're trying to build a relationship, I think that piece of walking hand in hand with your child or going to the park or showing them things, teaching them things, but really following their lead on what they're passionate about. I think this day and age and our desire to always have them busy and we've always got them scheduled, there's little time to develop that sense of kind of mutual 
learning, right? You can learn so much from your kids. And at the very earliest age, you have to be willing to open up to let them teach you. And once you've developed that piece and you can expand it, you can loosen up on your structure, right? Because you've imparted that to them. It's not being judgmental. It's being very curious. I'm curious what this is or what you like or how we do this. And then that little bit of vulnerability. My dad used to do this with me. They love routines and stories. They don't love you to push it on them. Yeah, you definitely have to let them steer the boat in many different ways, even though you want to steer the boat in getting them to the end point of really, as I said at the beginning of the show, right? You know, this show is all about raising strong, independent women. And I know I'm trying to do is trying to work with my daughters to be able to get them to that point. But I know that I have to be willing to let go and be able to allow for that sense of control that I know that many fathers, many parents want to have. I know I have to let that go so that they have control as they get into those teenage years as well. You want to start from the younger ages and build as you go up through teen years. The reason you want to let go a little bit, obviously, we're not talking about a severe thing, something very dangerous or endangering, or but you want to let go and let them kind of have a failure or a heartbreak so that they know how to pick themselves back up. Because really, that's how we build self-efficacy. That notion that we know we have the tools that we're going to be okay in life. And if we don't have an experience of using those skills to pull ourselves through something hard, then we don't know how to do it when we're older. And I think as parents, particularly, we want to protect our kids, right, from all that stuff. But it's one of the most important things. And you need to be right there for them. I see you. I feel you. This is so devastating, but I'm here for you. And we're going to get through this together is a message instead of I told you so. You shouldn't have done that is really one of the more damaging comments you can make to your kids. Now, we've been talking a lot about the teenage years. And as I said, you have a new book called Rethinking Your Teenagers, Shifting from Control and Conflict to Structure and Nurture to Raise accountable young adults. And you said at the very beginning how much you enjoy working with adolescents. Talk to me about why adolescent? What is it about that age range that really lights you up and makes you excited to work with that population? I think the reason I light up about that is because I do feel they're a little misunderstood. And I think it's a wonderful time in their lives where they're very vulnerable and they're very intelligent and creative, right? There's something that they're probably by and large much better at than we are. Something, whether it's social media or technology or something, they're much more adept at. And then there's a piece where they really do need to be loved and nurtured and shown the road. And I think if working with adolescents, they want to do the right thing. They want to be acknowledged and really I, I don't know what the word would be, but they they do want to do well. And if we give them that opportunity And usually it's connection and I believe in you. I don't think you're going to do everything right, but I still love you no matter what. And I do believe you can figure it out. That is the piece that's so magic with adolescents because they flourish. They will flourish with that kind of belief. Now, one of the things that I guess that I... I should ask you is as a psychologist and you've been working with children and adolescents over the years, 
What made you decide that you wanted to take the time, the effort to write this specific book? What was it about this book that made you, or the content that you've put into this book that made you say, I need to get this out there? I think I did this book because, and it's organized around what I feel are some pretty common myths about adolescence. And I kind of debunked those myths. And I think the reason I wanted to get it out there is because I don't think there's a very good resource for how to parent through some of these really difficult times. And I think things have changed dramatically since I was younger in reference to what we know about the brain and what we know about development biologically, neurologically. So I thought so often have parents feeling like my kid hates me, my kid doesn't respect me, and then the kid's saying the same thing. I thought it's actually not that way. It's two different individuals not understanding each other, but wanting desperately to connect. So hopefully this allows parents to read it and say, wait a sec, I missed something here. Or what's the piece that's unique for me? And hopefully I've shared enough of my own pieces where having raised four kids, I wasn't always right. I was always engaged. I always wanted to do well. I didn't always make the best choices. But I think that my kids do know without a doubt that I would always be there. I would be there to figure it out. And I think that's what we want to get across. And putting this book out into the world, have you shared it with your own kids? And if so, what are their thoughts? I have. It's pretty funny. I have one son I don't think has read it, but the others, I I have two boys, two girls, and they actually love it. They're very proud of me for having done it. It was a lot of work. And I think, you know, I do think they know they're kind of in there. So maybe (laughs) like, didn't use any names, but I certainly did reference my son or my daughter at times. And I think that that is an important piece for them. They're they're not afraid of it. I didn't expose any secrets or things like that. But I think that what they like is, and I did help a lot of their friends and kids through that, through really tough things where there was someone who wasn't understood or needed a little help there. So I think that they feel proud of that. As parents are reading this, Are there two or three things that you really are hoping that every parent takes out of reading the book itself? Yes. I think the first piece I would like, because I sound, sometimes people think I don't believe in structure or rules or boundaries because I say you can't control them. And I want to say that that's not true at all. I want parents to understand. I think you have to, it's absolutely important to have structure and boundaries but you have to set it up the right way so that it doesn't seem like a power or control struggle. And I think then accountability, your kids can be accountable for their actions because they're sort of choosing what they do. And then they're also taking on the consequences of what they do. And that's a really important piece that I find parents don't often, they'll see the mistake, they'll yell at the child, and then they'll correct it for them. That's not helpful. So I think that account of, that's where accountability comes from. Own it, choose, make a choice. I'm going to let you choose this. And then you've got to also choose the consequences. I'm not going to stop loving you if it's not the right one, but we'll learn from this. So I think that's very important. And then I think I just want parents to know, I believe wholeheartedly you will get from your children what you expect. If you expect them to be loving, empathetic, energetic, productive, 
humans, they will. They definitely will. And you definitely will be able to see that as you engage more and more with your kids as they get older. And though it may be hard, in the end, it all works out. You just have to be patient and you have to be patient with your kids and and give your kids some grace, give yourself some grace, because there are going to be times where you need to give that grace to yourself. Definitely. I mean, it's not easy at all. It's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do from start to finish. And I don't know that there's a finish, but it is important as your kids get older, you let them know it is a struggle and you don't always, you know, you're not always right. You're doing the best you can and you want it to be a collaborative process as they get older. And that's really important and enjoy them. Some people forget to enjoy them. Well, Darby, I just want to say thank you for being here today. Thank you for everything that you're sharing If people want to find out more about you, about the book, where's the best place for them to go? I think the website's pretty thorough, darbyfox.com. Instagram is darby underscore fox. (laughs) It's all some iteration of Darby Fox. And the book is on Amazon or Oxford. And there's an Audible. Sometimes it's easier for parents as they run around to listen to an Audible. But I welcome any questions or comments, any feedback. I love doing this. Well, Darby, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing to be able to engage all of us parents that are going through those teenage years for helping us to be able to better understand our kids, but also helping us to better engage with our kids during these challenging years. And I wish you all the best. Thank you very much, Christopher. Thanks for having me. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best Dad, you can be You're the best dad you can be